Good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm joined with Mike. Uh, and tonight we're going to discuss uh, the great win against Palace, the 4-1 victory against Palace. We're going to discuss the uh, semi-final second leg against Chelsea and discuss our latest addition and loss to the squad. Hope you enjoy the podcasts. So, Mike, good evening. How are you? Good afternoon for you. I am well. How about you? Good evening to you. Uh, yeah, it's been a long day at work. My phone has not stopped ringing, but hey, that's what I get paid the big bucks for, isn't it, apparently? Yeah, you're busy, busy and popular man. Busy and popular, yeah. So, my phone is now on silent. <laughs> Officially, I am finished work for the evening, but uh, I'm sure I'll carry on later. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good day today, isn't it? Yeah, we finally got our first uh, victory in 2018. No, not that. <laughs> oh, boy. Happy <laughs> 21 again. Feels good. 20. Yeah, I've seen you, remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I look older than I am. <laughs> Enough already, eh? <laughs> I thought that was a recording of you saying No, 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 no. It's from the local <laughs> Chinese restaurant. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> about right. Happy birthday, mate. I hope you have a good Thank day. You, what are you doing at work on, on your birthday? Uh, I guess I've reached the age where somebody, one of my colleagues actually said, are you coming in? And I said, uh... I can't imagine what my boss's reaction would be if I said I'm taking tomorrow off because it's my birthday. Uh, my birthday falls on a Sunday this year. I might be taking the Monday off. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, we, we play everything the day before. I'm, I'm, I'm February 4th, so uh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's not, not too far away, a couple of weeks before. And I, I, I messaged you. I was actually meant to be born today. So the rest of the story is head fucked. It's a yeah. good day. <laughs> it's a good day. Yeah, but better day in February. <laughs> Anyway, so we've got um, predictions. How do we get on the predictions? You predicted two to one, I believe. Uh, one I nil. Said, I predicted one nil. Uh, one nil. Yep. And I predicted three nil. Uh, I was closer. <laughs> uh, neither of us got it accurate, but we both got a point. So you're still ahead. Quit. You have seven. I have five. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we have a prediction over, uh, it doesn't count in the league uh, for the semi-final game. Um, what do you predict on that one? Just on scores, we don't, don't just in 90 minutes, think, uh, in 90 minutes. I think in 90 minutes, Arsenal will win 2-0. I think 1-1. One, one. That's going to be a bloody late night. So then that goes into overtime, right? Yeah, extra time, and Chelsea have the advantage because they'd have scored an away goal. So the away goal only counts in extra time, correct? Yes. Yeah. How come it's not like that in the FA Cup? I don't know. I don't make the rules. (laughs) 
goddamn English people, you got to make everything so complicated. I'm Irish, but yeah, for me, you know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have an away goal rule at all, personally. For the, for the Chelsea match, they went to extra time against Norwich, and you would have thought that the away goal that Norwich scored, considering the first leg ended 0-0, would have put them through, but nope, they went to penalty kicks. So why the hell, why did they not have the was same it, Was it, was same it nil-nil in both legs? It was nil-nil in the first leg, and then after 90 minutes in the second leg, it was 1-1. So in, uh, using they the same rules, Norwich would have gone through on the away goal? Or... Yeah, and instead they went to penalties. Okay. okay. You would think they would keep it consistent. Uh, yeah, but they're two different... The FA and the League Cup, they're two different competitions, and I think also um, the League Cup, they got rid of replays. Um, and same with the FA Cup, they got rid of uh, years ago. It used to be replay after replay after replay. It had to be um, resolved. They didn't, they didn't have penalty shootouts, so they've just added things to add a, add a bit yeah. more spice to a competition that may be dying or failing, and people were... Uh, less interest in so you would have a case of people going right through nil 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 or just trying just trying to try and nick it one nil so it makes it a bit more exciting so it encourages the away team to score in the second leg makes sense I mean hopefully we don't have to come to it either way oh. I mean based on my prediction we won't but based on your prediction it's going to be a frustrating hence why I'm, predict- uh, I'm predicting that because they don't count in, in this now we'll remain ahead <laughs> <laughs> so Palace of the weekend it was freezing honestly I was froze I'm standing there my feet were cold everything was cold and I, I only wore one of those I had uh, my hoodie on uh, with a t-shirt underneath and um I had one of those body warmers on, and I met my brother because he's uh, moved moved house, and I met and saw his new house and so my my nieces, and then uh, we had, went had one quick beer because I was, as I said, I was driving and I took my word, um, and uh, we went to the Bank of Friendship, and it was packed because it was pouring down with freezing rain, um, but because you couldn't even get any room to move your arm, we went outside and stood outside for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, by the time I got to, went to the game, I rang my wife and said, oh, what am I doing here? Why am I here? She said, get in the train, come home. I said, no. <laughs> so, but it, 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 was, it was cold in there. Not New England cold, but definitely London cold. Yeah, I was just going to say, how cold was it really? I mean, was it as cold as when I was over there? It was colder than that. Okay, I'll give you that. So, um, whatever it did, it just felt. You know, sometimes you can get it at five or six degrees, and with the way the wind is blowing and the rain and stuff, can just make it feel. It, it was it was a horrible day for weather, not I for mean, football. Yeah, I was going to say for weather. Uh, I mean, in terms of what we saw on the on the pitch, it was uh, surely not what anyone would have expected. I think everyone. It was like it was like Saint Patrick came and banished all the snakes (laughs) from the Emirates. It was. uh, I mean, I do. That was that was quite impressive. Did you just come up with that on the fly? Oh yeah. Yes, I did actually. (laughs) Um, I was thinking snakes, and I thought Saint Patrick. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) The 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 difference I think for me was just the determination and the pace that they came out with from the start normally in matches of this nature uh, we normally struggle at the beginning come out flat play side to side don't really do much going forward Uh, we get the ball into the final third and don't really know what the hell to do with it this time around it was completely different i think scoring that early goal may have helped it uh, but 
one thing that did frustrate me was when Arsenal does start the way we've normally seen them start in, in matches of this um, comparison, you know, everything starts out slow and then pundits and, and the commentators in the match, you know, they talk about, you know, Arsenal's poor and, you know, same old Arsenal and, you know, playing it side to side and they're not really penetrating the defensive line. They're not really creating opportunities. And on Saturday, it was complete opposite of that. But again, to not much of a surprise, there wasn't any praise for Arsenal. It was all, you know, oh my God, Crystal Palace is poor. This is embarrassing. Uh, Roy Hodgson should be, you know, frustrated, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's like when Arsenal does it wrong, you know, they're the first to, you know, bash them and credit the op- the opponent and then when we do it fantastic they bash the opponent it's, it's a fair and point. don't we, credit we Arsenal we are uh, currently a media's favourite and they, they, they like to, to bash us and Wenger this and um, Sanchez that and so on Snake um, but but I think I don't know if you if you've seen match today punditry and the match today punditry was uh, far more complimentary of the uh, way the team played together, in especially especially the way that um, Ozil and Jack worked together. Yeah, I haven't seen the the match of the day comments, but uh, I think overall that front the front unit, I think we played extremely well. Lacazette again was great off the ball. It was good to see him score a goal again. Uh, nice pass from Ozil. I what thought that Hennessy actually saved his shot. Um, I think he actually got a hand on it. To be honest. I probably would have expected him to do a little bit better on that shot. I didn't really see enough of a replay, but first glance, it looked like if he had a stronger hand, he would have been able to keep that out of the net. But uh, the build-up play to that goal was outstanding. There was a lot of flicks in and around the box, a lot of great movement. Um, You can just see the confidence kind of oozing off these guys, which isn't something that we've seen very often as of late. I've just actually sent you a link to the goal. So if you want to look at it, but I thought that that was goal number four. Um, yeah, it was goal number four. The first goal, Nacho Monreal, I thought was great. First of all, he will be causes the first goal because he takes a shot from distance outside the box. Uh, Hennessy, yeah, yeah, Hennessy pushes over the bar. It was a good shot by Iwobi and I thought Iwobi had a good game. Then on five minutes, we get the corner and Nacho, how good was Nacho that game? Oh my God. Talk about making your mark on your return. <laughs> Short lived return, I know, but yes, he did. I know. Two, two assists and a goal. He's on the pitch for 24 minutes and he gets man of the match. Fair play to him. Yeah. No, I think he was he was outstanding. And I, I think it goes to show that we've talked about it before, that he's one of those players who puts in a performance. He might do it quietly and might not be an impact player, but he, he gets the job done and he does what he needs to do. Uh, unfortunate that he got hurt. Hopefully it's nothing serious. I think he just but, um, aggravated whatever injury he had before. So he probably was brought back a little bit too early. That's not. Uh, normal for us is it no but I'm, I'm hopeful that the substitution looked more of a precaution than more of a you know full foot maybe he just kind of felt something and we wanted to be safe about it and took him off opposed to what, maybe it was an actual injury what, what was his original injury an ankle injury but when he came off okay. he looked to have pointed to his hamstring Okay, so he probably just felt something tight. Maybe he wasn't because he yeah. rested up for a few weeks. He probably just felt a bit tight because he did he did over exert himself, didn't he? 
Yeah, he he definitely seemed to look like somebody had asked him, you know, what happened as he was walking off, and he looked had he looked at he has gestured um, to something along the lines of his hamstring. So hopefully it was more of just a, you know, I felt something. Let me come off before it gets any worse. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. But what I did find interesting and concerning at the same time was having been in a four uh, four at the back, I would have expected. Kolasinac to come in, and to much of my surprise, uh, Maitland Niles comes in for him at left back when you have Kolasinac on the bench. Yeah, but um, Kolasinac and Maitland Niles were both warming up, and I don't think uh, Kolasinac hasn't played for a few games, so it probably was more wise to bring in Maitland Niles, who had been playing quite regularly, at least even. Um, uh, sometimes a bit part, but he he at least was getting a run out in comparison to Kolasniak. So my uh, my thoughts were in it that they were trying to introduce Kolasniak back after an injury, and if they chucked him on, they could have actually caused a similar problem that we have with uh, Monreal. I get that, but at that point it was four nil, correct? If I'm not mistaken, I think we already had scored the fourth goal. When he, yeah, 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 yeah. It was 20, 25 minutes or so we, we took him off at. So if we're already up 4-0, I mean, there's not really a risk per se because he eventually ended up coming on, right? So what's he, the- he, he did later on, but that he was given enough time to warm up because he was, he'd only started to warm up just before Monreal, uh, Monreal had to come off. Oh, okay. So, so he would have got on cold. All right. Okay. I get I thought you were just so saying that, 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 that it was more because of he hadn't been playing recently. So I guess I understand it better it, now. It, 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 it's an element of both because they, they only they normally come out about 20 minutes in to start warming up. So the first 20 minutes, everyone sits on the bench and then they get sent out, run up and down, run up and down. Maitland Niles was called straight back uh, more or less after about five, 10 minutes and was dragged straight on the pitch in replacement for Monreal. Um, they could have put Kolasniak on. And I think he's more. It's a more natural position for him to play, because uh, since that's where he played in, in for Schalke. But I think they were just worried about he's not warmed up enough. He hasn't played in three, four weeks, and even when he has played, it was only a little amount of football. So um, you know, do they risk injuring him again and putting him out for a longer period? And bear in mind, you look at February. We've got uh, obviously we've got the Europa League game, but we've got three pretty big games in February. We've got the uh, pre-birthday celebrations um, against Everton. Um, my birthday, that is. That's, that's where the world revolves around. Um, <laughs> we've got um, that that lot down the lane, um, and then we have a visit well, from not, City not towards the, the end of February. Well, the match isn't at the lane. No, it's at Wembley, which is our our, our second home, really. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that will stand us in good stead. Hopefully, um, yeah, yeah. And the other the other note that I had on that match was poor Peter Check. He's still on 199 clean sheets. <laughs> I, you know what? I had the I had the note typed on my notes going, and Peter Check achieves um, uh, 200 clean sheets in his in his in his career. I, it's a, it's a shame. But in fairness, I, if you if we talk about Czech briefly, Czech I think is not a spent cause, but he's definitely uh, a diminishing a diminishing force. Um, and 17 penalties and he hasn't saved one for us. Um, somebody predicted on Arsenal fans forum uh, said um, asked for predictions of the game tomorrow night. And what 
uh, people expected one guy said, oh, it's a win in 90 minutes. I said, yeah, but what score? And he went, 1-0 on the 90th minute, Peter Cech scores. <laughs> a penalty. <laughs> and I thought, mm, that would be quite ironic, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it would. The... Um the interesting thing that I thought about this match was recently we've been complaining uh, or, or struggling to understand how we can create chances and our efficiency is terrible. And it seemed like every time we went to their net in those first 20, 23 minutes, we scored. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Palace, Palace were poor. Um, I think we came out with some sort of the team looked like they wanted to prove something everybody was out to you know go yeah we we're we've we've heard the criticism we you know no we're arsenal and we're going to show you that we actually do deserve to wear this shirt because i'm sure a lot of them the sanchez thing and i don't ever want to talk about the guy again unless he's you know, but the Sanchez thing must have had an influence uh, over the team. The atmosphere. Ozil looks like he seems to be settled. There was some stuff on Instagram and Twitter and so on that um, he's done some renovations and he's happy with his new home in London. So hopefully he's not going to Chelsea and he'll stay with us. I haven't heard a rumor of Chelsea, by the way. Um, so he looks he looks settled. He looks like he likes playing with Jack Wilshire. I thought the two of them. Uh, paired up absolutely fantastically uh, at the weekend but we, we came out with fire in our bellies and we haven't done that for a while uh, yeah. and, and know, especially so. like I said and normally when we play at home and against maybe you know spuds or, or one of the top four teams normally we'll come out with a little bit of energy but normally against matches against teams like Palace and and you know mid-table or I guess we're mid-table right now but uh you know anyone in that area we normally it's almost like we come out with an overconfidence right like the goal will come we'll eventually score and we look a bit lethargic and lackadaisical and well i don't don't know if it's necessarily lethargic we we look a bit more measured past small passes but left to right left to right work away up the ground up the uh, pitch and opposition teams who are off for the one for a better phrase but like lesser status and trying to fight for survival in the Premier League be it from 10th down I think anybody is fighting for survival in the Premier League they um, they just sit deep they sit deep and hope the catch is on the counter because we push up so high as we saw with Mertesacker the other week what game was that one was that the it was the Bournemouth game was it the Forest or the Murder Sacker played against Nottingham Forest? Yeah, it was the Forest game uh, uh, where uh, Murder Sacker's up by the halfway line. And yeah, it was Forest because uh, that young 18 year old striker, uh, Baritone, uh, just ripped us apart, didn't he? Uh, just on the counter attack. And that's what a lot of lower teams do. And I think that's probably what Forest looked at. Um, what did you make of the goal we conceded from a corner? I don't think we could have done much. I mean, it was a. I would have preferred that we did a little bit better before Milivojevic was able to actually bring the ball down. Um, the finish, I mean, there's not really, I mean, watching the replay, I think there's something that we could have done before he was able to bring that ball down. Once he actually controlled it, uh, it was one of those shots where, you know, he's got his back to goal. Um, I'm going to have a swing at it and hopefully I can put it on frame and, and put it in. And his benefit was he was able to get it on frame and it went through a lot of bodies. Uh, 
so it was difficult for really for Peter Cech to kind of see. But I mean, Benteke headed it straight up. Uh, Milivojevic was able to bring it down on his chest. I would have liked to see Kosciani a little bit closer to him, but given the fact that it was That's four nil, for you, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and I mean, given the fact that it was four nil, maybe there's no need to be as aggressive. And I felt in the second half we did what maybe supporters have been asking for us to do for quite some time, which was, you know, when you have the lead, instead of bombing forward all the time, why not, you know, manage the result? It could have been um, five or six, though. Iwobi had a a couple of chances, and Jack put a lovely weighted pass into Lacazette. Uh, This was just before full-time, and then there was another pass that went into Lacazette, which, in my view, uh, resulted in a penalty, which we weren't given, and I've uh, got a screen grab of um, the uh, the foul on Lacazette. The guy doesn't even touch the ball, and he takes Lacazette's feet from underneath him. Yeah, when he slid, he he goes completely over the ball and takes Lacazette's feet out. I think that's frustrating. Is and we had talked about it earlier in that day after the Brighton match uh, with Chelsea. It's. It was Brighton, right, or Huddersfield? Brighton, I believe. Which one? Chelsea. Earlier that day, was it? It was Brighton, I think it was. Um, yes, it was Brighton. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there it was, was Brighton. Two potential penalty penalty claims that they could have had um, yes. that didn't go their way, and I had messaged you saying those are the types of calls that against Arsenal the normally more often than not the match official calls it straight away doesn't even think about it i mean we saw situations with richarlison again there's no no like hesitation call it and then on the flip side it seems like we never get the calls right like that one was blatant went over the ball it was a desperation tackle because he's one-on-one with the keeper similar to you know debushi against uh chelsea or Nottingham Forest, and sure, Debushi came from behind, but again, it's a desperation, right? It's not in control. The match official's right there. He doesn't call it. So, yeah, I think we created chances even after the fact in that second half, but I think we did a little bit better job at um, containing ourselves in terms of, you know, let's get forward every goddamn time and leave ourselves exposed. Although we did have a couple of moments that they did get in. Benteke had a shot. I believe Peter Cech saved away for a yeah, corner one Yeah, one-on-one with Cech. That was yeah. 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Maitland, but, I mean, actually, apart from that... Actually, I was, I was quite impressed with Maitland-Niles on that. Do you see the pace that he had? Because Maitland-Niles yeah. was closer to the centre circle than he was to the, the D. Uh, yep. Benteke was playing a high line. Uh, and we were playing a high line, and he was playing on the, on the shoulder of the man. Benteke breaks for the ball, and by the time Maitland-Niles turns, there's got to be 10, 15 feet, and he's got to catch, and the speed of him. Uh, in that case, it was, I think, between... Check staying big and strong uh, and Maitland-Niles just coming in put him off and, and pushed him out a bit and and Bentec is not pretty, particularly good either um, which did help us uh, yeah no I, I credit to him yeah no he definitely did well to get back um, but again I think we did well to, to manage that second half and not overexert ourselves or put ourselves in an awkward situation because we've seen it happen before the, but it was funny to see on social media, people were complaining like, oh my God, we were terrible in that second half, blah, blah, blah. And I'm actually interested interested to hear 
what the atmosphere was like in the stadium. Were people frustrated? What was the the consensus there? Uh, the I think everyone was cold. Uh, the atmosphere was a little bit flat to start off with. There was an awful lot of talk about the impending uh, departure of. I got the snake on my January calendar for Arsenal. I've just realised. <laughs> I'm going to have to cross out his name. And ah, oh, come on, February, roll on. <laughs> um, so everyone was talking about the Sanchez and whether Mkhitaryan uh, would be a good a good buy. Whether Boomerang or Obamarang, I really struggle with that. Um, <laughs> is going to come? Uh, it's just generally uh, chatter around that. Um, the goal, first goal went in, and everyone was delighted. We didn't have that much time to think, really. So, and it was Nacho, and then it was it was quite quick. So the atmosphere quickly built up, and uh, it, it, yeah, it, it was it was it was a good atmosphere. Uh, it's not like the atmosphere that we had with the 2-2 at Chelsea because it just seems a bit although it is a London derby against Palace there, there's a, an underlying undercurrent within the ground that people are like Jesus Grand Dog Day I actually checked in uh, on Facebook to the Emirates Stadium and my, my check-in status was checking in at, at the Emirates Stadium Groundhog Day I saw that because <laughs> win, lose or draw it's the same shit and I think we're all we're all a little bit well, not all of us, but quite a lot of us are quite tired and would like to see something change uh, wherever in the board and management level. But looking at this January transfer window, which we'll get into a little bit uh, after the Chelsea game, if everything comes off and seeing the way players played uh, against Palace, maybe we have turned a little way around the corner. How, how how big of a bend it is, I don't know. Um, I, I still don't think it's going to save the manager's job uh, at the end of his contract. I think the manager will uh, leave, vacate that seat. Um, what seat he takes up, whether he decides to retire, whether he decides to go to France, or whether he decides to go upstairs, um, I don't know. But I think change is coming and people are waiting for change. And that does have an influence on the atmosphere. I think the atmosphere for the Chelsea game tomorrow night, tickets are only a tenner and they charge us 25 quid. Or some people paid more. Um, (laughs) (laughs) For the wrong end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think tickets for for the Chelsea game tomorrow night are... It will be a sellout, which is fantastic. It was £10 for a lower tier. By the time they put their booking and postage fees for tickets that you actually print off yourself, uh, it works at about £11, £12 for a lower tier ticket and £20, £22 for an upper tier ticket. Uh, I think you can even get club tickets for, which is that posh ring that they give you a free beer. Um, yeah, I think you can get them for about £30. So it's £30, £35. So it's an affordable game to bring your kids to. It's an affordable game to go to. But I think it's not going to be your traditional League Cup um, uh, audience or our fan base. I think you're going to have quite a lot of uh, people booking their seats and, and turning up. I, I know I've spoken to Mark... Uh, Porter and he's going, but he's not in his. He he missed out and getting his seat, but he's still in the North Bank, and you know, there's quite a, quite a few coming because again, London Derby, the chance of uh, getting into a cup final, the chance of a trip to Wembley late February, you know. So, yeah, what do you reckon on that game then? So I I was actually just taking a look to see because I know Pedro and Morata got sent off, but I wasn't sure if the cards carried over into the Premier League or not. But it looks like both of them were out of the match 
this weekend. So I'm assuming um, losing Morata is that really um, that bad for Chelsea? <laughs> He's well, I think, awful. I think they're available now because, uh, I, like I said, I think it carries over into the Premier League. Because I okay. can't imagine why I can't imagine why him and Pedro wouldn't even be on the bench this weekend. Um, unless they were hurt, but I'm assuming that they're going to both be available. Uh, in terms of selection, I think we'll see similar to what we saw in the first leg. Uh, I can't imagine that Chelsea will make too many changes, um, given, again, it's a it's a London derby. And, again, it's an opportunity to get into a cup final. And, I mean, the league's pretty much dictated, barring an absolute miracle. Uh so this will be this will be an important match for Chelsea. They'll surely be up for it, and of course they don't want to they don't want to leave Emirates uh, with a defeat. And I think there's something in it for Conte as well because it seems like Wenger, in a sense, has his number. Uh, Conte's only beaten us once since he's been at Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they, yeah, beat us correct, that, yeah. they beat us that match where it was, I think three to one, where Alonso elbowed Bellerin on the goal line. I think, uh, I think where it may get a little bit sticky for us is, as I, we alluded to earlier, if he goes into extra time um, and it's 1-1 or something like that, um, Chelsea will have to... Um, we will we will have to push up against Chelsea. We, we are going to have to try and win this game in the 90 minutes. I don't think we can try and play out for extra time and penalties and, and play Russian roulette on that sense. I th- I, I think funny it- enough, I re, I re sorry I, re, I rewatched uh, 89 again last night, um, and uh, we need a performance like like that at Liverpool. Hold on to them for 70 minutes. Keep it nil nil. Keep it nil nil. Uh, nick a goal and that could be enough and then we get nick another goal or nick a goal early that will pull Chelsea at us Chelsea will have to actually that's more like it we need to get an early goal Chelsea need to come at us and then we can catch them on the counter I think that if we come out with the fire that we did this weekend obviously it's a different opposition but being at home given the way they played this weekend uh, I think the confidence within the squad will be high um i'm i'm assuming mkhitaryan can't play yet i heard something that he was okay so i just think that uh the changes that are on the horizon um the confidence you could see is is kind of brewing within the team at least for the time being i think that having had that second half against palace where we didn't really have to overexert ourselves will benefit us as well um, although chelsea had a similar result um away from home so i i i'm gonna say that i predicted 2-0 but i'm gonna say that we score um one goal in each half okay uh, and 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 i'm hopeful that but starts because i'm convinced that he might be worse than Murata. <laughs> the thing is, I, I think our line our lineup will be much stronger. We don't have a game at the weekend because um, we're not in the FA Cup because we won it enough. And we don't really, we don't want to be too greedy. Um, <laughs> so we're not in the FA yeah, Cup. We only so. play Tuesday, so we can we can feel the strong team. Yeah, we, we've got seven days uh, to recover, so we can put a first team Premier League squad out. And that's what I, I, I expect, that the, the squad should be that much different to what started against Palace. Um, obviously, depending on what how Nacho is, but uh, a little bit of rotation uh, in that sense. 
Yeah, and Chelsea plays four days later against Newcastle. Uh, so I'm sure that that will be playing into Conte's mind a little bit, even though that match is at home and Newcastle's not doing very well. But again, it's a cup match. Yeah, so but again, it's happen. a cup match. Exactly, it's a yeah. cup match. So, you, so you're going to have a, have some of that. What did you think of, uh, just to kind of touch back on the previous match and kind of bring it into this one, what was your thought on that midfield three with El Nenny kind of anchoring the midfield? Uh, I do this thread on the form, which you'll be aware of, which is match positives and Jack and El Nenny. Obviously, Ozil was outstanding and worked really well with Jack, but um, to see Jack put in a performance and how we worked with with Ozil and how they seem to be forming a partnership really, really pleased me. But El Nenny, there was a few people in the, in the around me going, oh, he's crap, he's this, he's that, he's the other. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, he doesn't do... I, I, I mentioned to some people, I said, he reminds me a little bit of Gilberto Silva. And I went, no, he's never that good. He's never that good. And, and I went, he may not be that good. I said, but he does things so basic, so simple. He said, yeah, that's because he's shit and he can't pass. I said, but as the game went along, uh, the guy beside me was going, actually, you know what? You have got a point. He's doing it simple, tidy. Why overcomplicate it? Why do what Shaka does yeah. and go in for a rash tackle? Why make a fantastic pass one time and then make a, a crap pass the next time? I, I think he's neat, tidy, steady Eddie. Yeah, and he's consistent. Uh, and I think that's – we talked about it last time is the, you know, why would we get rid of Coughlin instead of Elneny? And I think he brings different footballing mentality to the team that Coughlin maybe can't. Uh, again, he, he's maybe not as aggressive and as passionate, at least on the outside, as Coughlin is, but he's just a better overall footballer. And, and I think having him in that defensive role clearly freed up Shaka and Wilshire a little bit more to get forward and, and make things happen, knowing that they have yeah. that guy behind them that isn't too concerned with getting forward. He knows his role. He knows his responsibility within the team. And you guys go ahead and do what you need to do. I will be here to protect you guys. But then once we have to retract, just make sure that you you put your effort in to get back and, and help me. But I'll be there yeah. to slow them down. <laughs> I think it also helped that it was a back four rather than a back three. Yeah, yeah, I think that helped. But just again, just he seems to do it better in terms of knowing his role and not really venturing up the field maybe as much as Shaka will for sometimes, you know. And, and again, that it's expected because that's not his role, really. He's not really a, a defensive midfielder. He's more of a deep-lying playmaker. Um, but if we force him to be a defensive guy he's kind of stuck in two minds whereas El Nenny is is that guy he can sit deep and he can pick a pass and he keeps things simple and you know he's not going to put himself in put himself in awkward situations that maybe Shaka would do because again he's he's more used to being a little bit further up the pitch he's more used to you know taking a little bit more risks so i thought i was happy to see him in that role and i thought it worked out fantastically i I would hope that we don't change too much for the match tomorrow. Was was that a diamond formation in the middle? So you'd had El Nenny at the back, Shaka towards one side of the midfield, Jack at the other, and Ozil at the at, at the point of it. So I mean, to me, it seemed like we played, you know, with the three of them, kind of in in a triangle there with it's Shaka and El Nenny, and then Wilshire in front of them. It could have also transitioned into. Uh, a triangle with El Nenny at the back and Shaka and Wilshire in front of them. So, but just, just having him there, um, 
I think was was a huge benefit for us, not just defensively, but going forward. I think his his outlook and his um, his temperament is probably more suited to Wenger uh, to be a calmer, express yourself, rather than being a bit more rash and a bit more gung ho that uh, Coquelin uh, yeah. could be. And I, th- I think that's probably why he was favoured and kept. Obviously, the price tag that paid thirty odd million for him, I think, was it thirty million? Twelve. <laughs> No, for El Nani. Release clause was eighty million. No, 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 no. Um, Coquelin was sold for twelve million with a release cost of eighty million euros. Yeah. yeah. Um, El Nani was signed for reasonably big money, wasn't he? I don't think it was thirty million. Uh, my mouse is going to click here now, so I'm going to I'm going to start right typing on my really loud, loud uh, keyboard. <laughs> I can't imagine that we. I don't think we spent more than twenty for him. 10 million. Oh, wait, no. That was uh, Lester's offer for him. Um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was less than than 20 million, but I, I could be wrong. Here we go. I got transfer, transfermarket.co.uk. 11.25 million. Okay. Yeah. I was actually going to put in some, uh, while, while we were looking that up, I was just going to put in uh, <laughs> some uh, music while we uh, check the internet. <laughs> Your call is important to us. Elevator music. Please hold the line. Thank you for calling. Yeah, yeah. Fergus ribbons. clicks on his on his on his loud mouse keyboard. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would I would expect to see a similar lineup tomorrow. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to make too many changes. Maybe Ospina comes in for check. Uh, apart from that, if Monreal is not able to go. I'm hopeful that he brings Kalsinak in instead of Maitland-Niles, but seeing how things have played out, I wouldn't be surprised if Maitland-Niles starts there. But apart from that, I I can't see why he would change anything else. What do you think? I, I agree. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't like Maitland-Niles at left back. I think he does as, as much as he's a great uh, a great player. I do think he gets uh, a bit roasted uh, at times. It's probably just a uh, lack of experience more than anything else, I'm sure. Um he will make a good left back in a back four, but it's not his uh, natural position. Um, and as a wing back, um, he's probably better as a wing back than he is as a as a as a left back. Yeah, but again, we know Wenger and he likes to experiment, so <laughs> I wouldn't be too surprised. But hopefully, I think those should be the only two changes, um, unless there's any injuries that get picked up from now till then. But it would have been nice to see uh, Mkhitaryan in there. But since he can't play, uh, I guess this kind of transitions what, us transitions us what, into that. Yeah, 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 we're getting good at this, you know. <laughs> what, 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 what do you make of the Mkhitaryan signing? Then do you, he, there's all this about. Um, well, Sanchez. The final word on Sanchez. Did, what did you make on his um, his message to the fans and his underhand comment implying that Thierry Henry. Um, implied he should move because I moved and maybe may your turn are. It, it was very 
carefully worded. Um, it acknowledged the fans, which is a nice thing. It acknowledged that uh, he liked his name being sung. Um, he didn't make any comment uh, about the manager at all um, or thank him. He thanked the tea lady and the boot room people. And But uh, it, it, just seemed, it, it seemed very measured in what he was saying. And I, I made a comment to somebody uh, that it reminded me a little bit of Van Persie and his uh, his boyhood dream of um, uh, playing for or leave it, leaving leaving Arsenal, which was his boyhood dream uh, to to go and play for for trophies at Man United. It it, it did have a, an awful stench of the Man United media moguls and machine uh, helping him to write it. Yeah, I didn't, if I'm being honest, I didn't even care to read his message to the supporters. <laughs> um, I I tried to stay as far away from it as I could. I just the whole situation frustrated me. Like I said, uh, originally my 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 I guess thought process was keep Alexis ship Ozil, but as we talked about throughout the the previous months, I've I've quickly changed my perception of that, and uh, I, I'm I'm happy that he's gone. Uh, Although it hurts a little bit, just given the type of player that he was, and you know he's he's done some great things for the club since he was there. Uh, but I just I didn't want to have to read about it. But in terms of Mkhitaryan, I think I'm disappointed at the fact that we didn't end up getting the cash and the player like was originally talked about. I think that what kind of settled that was the, the fact that, that United United paid the agent fees or something of that nature. I think yeah. was what happened. Uh, so I mean, getting Mkhitaryan, he. I was disappointed when we didn't sign him. Uh, when he ended up going to Man United, uh, I think he was a, a great player at Dortmund. I think he has loads of potential. He's quick. He's got great vision. He's a big player. He's strong on the ball. He can fill a couple of different roles. Right? He can play in a front three. He can play behind the forward. He can even play in a midfield role if he needs to. Uh, I believe he's the captain of the Armenian national team. So he's got the leadership skills. He's he's got uh, you know that type of mentality that you know maybe we need in the team. Uh, I think our style of play will suit him a lot more, a lot better than United. Um, obviously, he wasn't even in the team regularly, so that should also be an additional motivating factor for him um, to be able to come into the team more offensive flow, similar to what he experienced at Dortmund under Tuchel. Yeah. Um- I thought, I, as Mkhitaryan, uh, personally, I rated him when he was at uh, Bayern um, at, uh, Dortmund uh, when I saw him in the Champions League, League games and so on. I thought it was really good. Uh, for me, I think part of the key of having him is to get Obama Yang as well because the two of the, the partnership that they had and Obama Yang is both of them are unwanted by their clubs um, because I don't think Mkhitaryan has a uh, can drive a bus, so therefore he can play for a Mourinho side. And I think uh, Obama Yang is uh, he's a bit disruptive in some ways. So we're getting one of disruptive player and maybe getting in another one. But if he's with his mate, uh, hopefully they, um, they 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 play well together and they they have they, they've paired up really well. I I, I do. I do think we have to have. I, if we don't get a Bama Yang, I think the Mkhitaryan one uh, may be a possible 
mistake because he plays in a very similar role to Ozil. We got Jack. We got so many people who play in that number 10 role. Um, and Ozil doesn't particularly perform as well. I know he, he drifts in and out, but um, he doesn't particularly uh, perform as well when he's pushed out on the wing. Well, McTarian can also play the role that Alexis is playing. He can play in a front three, similar to what Ozil has been doing. I mean, you can play Ozil on one side, Lacazette on the other side, and McTarian on the other but um, my concern bringing in if the so rumors will we, about will, will, will we be calling it Mol or Lom? I well without Obama Yang. Yes, I prefer Ham, Henrik, ham. Alexander, and Mesut. <laughs> so we'll have ha- Ham up front, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and with Obama Yang. Um, with Obama Yang, I've seen some. Uh, LMAO, Lacazette, Mesut, uh, Obama Yang. Oh, wait, no. Oh, and no, would can, be from Loma. 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 You can do Loma, too. But yeah. I like him. But the <laughs> thing that concerns me with uh, bringing in Obama Yang is where do you put Lacazette at that point, right? Does, does he go to Lac- the bench? Lacazette. There's no way we play a front three. There's no way we play a front two. I mean, we, we have done, Wenger has done four four two before and it gives us the yeah. options of doing four four two. Yeah, and I think that's, that is the only way you can do it. Otherwise, you've got to do rotation and Wenger, I don't know if, I, I'm starting to think, was Lacazette a Wenger signing? Was Lacazette a signing made by um, Ivan Gazidis? A bit like uh, Perez and a bit like Podolsky. You know, there are signings made by Gazides and Wenger hates somebody else making a decision. I know Mislintat has had, even though he doesn't work for us yet, um, has had some influence over the um, Mkhitaryan and the possible Aubameyang uh, uh, signings and also had over, what's Mislintat or whatever his name is, the, the Greek? Oh, Mavropanos. Ma- Mavropanos, you see, I haven't got that one ready yet. So, <laughs> but Mislintat's um, already I, working I, for I, us. He started January. 1st. No, no, I, di- I didn't. San Leahy only. Did he start January first? Yeah. Ah, okay. So I'm getting confused. Yeah, okay, so ignore everything I say. Mislintat started in January. Okay, okay. So, I I thought that it was. Uh, here's my conspiracy theory hat on. I thought he's not going to be allowed to start until the first of February, so he's not involved in the uh, transfer window, and that he's in place with the director of uh, sorry, not the director of football, the um, uh, head of football relations yep. uh, for the summer, and uh, that Wenger was stepping down at the end of the year with a contract break. That, that was my conspiracy theory in my head. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I've got that. Yeah, so wrong. that's why I'm slightly concerned wrong. with uh, the Obama Yang signing, if it's true, which, I mean, looking at all the sources, it seems that it's destined to happen within the next two, three days. Uh, yes. And it looks like Giroud is going the other way on loan until the end of the year, which raises another concern for me is uh, Giroud has been such a good servant to the club. He's been a sublime professional. He hasn't complained. Um, he had the chance to move away over the summer and – I mean, essentially, I don't know whether he wanted to do it or not, but it seems that the deciding factor was the fact that his wife didn't want to live in Everton. Uh, so the 
my concern with that is if he does go the other way and we do bring Aubameyang into the squad, the likelihood of Giroud getting back into the Arsenal squad is very slim. I mean, when you have Aubameyang, you have Lacazette, there's likely no chance that he's going to come back in, which leads me to believe that he'll be gone in the summer. And if that is the final decision, I would hope that Giroud is happy with the decision and isn't one of those decisions where they make it for him and basically force him out just because every time that we've called him, called on him, he's more often than not, you know, stood up and said present. And, you know, for someone that's been first team player and then he was been rotated and then he came into the first team and then he's been rotated, he hasn't really raised the fuss, um, which is great. So I would hope that if this deal gets done, it's, a joint decision and everyone's happy on all sides and not one I, of those decisions where they force him out. I think he'll be forced if that's what needs to be done. He's got a year left on his contract. Uh, he's 31. He's not a first-team player. He's a good bench option. Um, I think he's been fantastic. I agree exactly with everything you said on there. But I think he's if they want to get Obama Yang and the big name to pacify the people on uh, talk shite, uh, us um, and the fans in the stands and all over the world, they have a couple of big names. We never sign big like this in January. Uh, you can see, I've said panic buys, but it, they're not necessarily panic buys, but they're statement buys to buy more time for... Wenger to a certain degree to try and placate people uh, but yet again they are decent players I'm not saying we're just but we, 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 we've we never spent money like this before and especially never in January uh, so if needs be um, Giroud will um, will will go to, to facilitate the deal yeah I mean for now we still haven't spent that much money so until it's actually finalized I, I won't believe it but like I said it seems that all the rumors that are out there and all the sources that are coming in with information seem to be pointing that it's going to happen. Um, the other, the rumor that I saw this morning was uh, Harry Maguire from Leicester City. Uh, what's your take on that? A uh, great player. That would be fantastic. Uh, would he? Would he play him? Then play the Greek. Uh, uh, you know, we do need um, we do need a new two couple of centre halves. Uh, great player, great player. Yeah, I like. And is he Irish or Northern Irish? I got that one wrong last time. I've had uh, <laughs> Evans. <laughs> I think he's Irish, isn't he? I believe he is. I think you might be right on this one. I'll, I'll take a look at it. But I think the uh, I think he's a good player. He's a solid player. He's a big guy. He's physical. Um, I think my only concern with him is he doesn't seem to be the speediest. And we were both wrong, by the way. He's from Sheffield. Uh, Nobody plays for uh, the uh, the Republic of Ireland. No, he plays for England. He's got three caps for England. Youth are no. Gosh, he, I'm, I'm not any good at this. You got to stop drinking before we do this. No, I haven't. I've been working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's what they call it over there. Work. <laughs> I'll take that as a, a slanderous <laughs> remark against an Irishman. <laughs> um, I think he's he'd be a good signing. Uh, he's only 24 years old. So uh, my only concern with him is he doesn't seem to be the speediest. But I had 
commented on someone's post on, on, <laughs> on Twitter this morning, uh, and I said, in order for him to sign, I think they should make him race across the pitch between him, Chambers, and Holding. As long as he doesn't come last, I think we're good to go. Uh, Chambers, I think uh, he'll be gone in the summer. I'd sign him on a contract just to up his, up his sell-on clause, I think. So. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we were to sign a center back this transfer window if we loaned him out somewhere. You know what? We might have kept this nearly under the hour mark. We might. Uh, Have you heard any other interesting rumors that you can think of? I haven't seen anything. Not really. Malcolm they've talked about, but Spurs are after him. Liverpool are after him. Lamar was the. It's the usual Metro. Yeah. Tripe that's gone around at the minute. It, it, as many fans say, until you see them either announced on Arsenal.com or uh, paraded around with an Arsenal shirt on it, it's it's all all over the place. The, the other positions I think we need to fill. I think we do need a replacement for uh, Peter Cech. I think I touched on that before. We obviously need more defensive players than anything else, but Wenger has um, only signed probably two half-decent defenders uh, in uh, Koscielny and obviously Sol Campbell. Um, but I think Sol Campbell took it upon himself to sign himself for the Arsenal. Uh, and, and Mustafi. Mustafi, I rate, you know that. Um, I, I, I rate Mustafi. Uh he can give you a 1 out of 10 game and a 10 out of 10 game. And sometimes uh, he can do uh, that within 10 minutes of a game. He he is up and down. I do like the way he talks. Uh, to uh, He's more vocal than Koscielny. He's more vocal than Chambers. Because um, I think Chambers is shitting himself every time. I, I, I want the guy to succeed because I think he done well at uh, at Borough. Um, but I think he's just under under pressure um, at Arsenal. Um, I, I, I think Holding again is vocal, but I, I do I do like Mustafa. Yeah, yeah, I do I do like him. I do like him. But like you said, someone that can give you a one in ten or ten in ten. Isn't that just Arsenal as a whole? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not. Um, so we don't have... So I think the last last piece here is our uh, our new game. Yeah. Did you did you write down five five phrases or words? I, or? I you went first right. the last time. I'll go first this time. All right. So number one, Sol Campbell. <laughs> uh. Stability. He was strong back there. I liked him. Okay. Theo. Theo. Theo woke up. Oh, boy. Mr. Um, Golden Boots. <laughs> unable to fill the potential. Or offsides, whichever one you yeah, prefer. Offsides. <laughs> Uzmanov. Savior. Do you really think so? Oh, that's another debate. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get yeah. you. Chesney. Our future number one. 
I think he'll come back. I hope he comes back. Lost opportunity. How can, and we're talking, which is only one word, how can he be number two to Buffon and he's not good enough for Arsenal? Anyway. I know. <laughs> Rocky Rowcastle. Oof. Um, role model. I mean, I watched that video that you sent from him and Ian Wright, and I mean, he was he was an interesting personality for sure, to say the least. I guess I, I've only seen him in hindsight uh, more times than I. I saw a couple of games, I think, when he played in, but I I didn't realize. And I, I've seen him when he played for did he play for Leeds as well. Um, I've seen him play there uh, on a couple of games on TV and so on. But yeah, I think role model is a very good, very very good. Um, yeah, response because if you look at like um, the player that Ian Wright tries to be and then Rocky <laughs> Rollcastle just seemed to get his head down and an ultimate, uh, ultimate professional and I think he would be one of the players uh, uh, the footballers of yesteryear who could survive in uh, this current environment just because of the way he's professional yeah he was and he was popular amongst the the dressing room as well so it goes to show type of character yes. that he had in terms of his personality right your turn all right you ready for this <laughs> uh, yeah all right here we go george graham oh i just went a little bit cold when you said that one <laughs> um disciplinarian i like that Ready for this one? 2006 Champions League final. Oh, I deleted that one off mine. <laughs> I had that as well. <laughs> I deleted I replaced that with Theo. And there was another one I replaced with Canva. But I had that down there. Oh. Um, oh Lehman, why? <laughs> I knew that would get you going. Um, 89, the movie. Watched it twice. Love it. Watch it again. <laughs> and I watched the bonus tracks. Nice. Dennis Burkamp. The Iceman. That goal against Newcastle. Oh, my God. I, I'll never forget that. And last but not least. Oh, actually, yeah. Dennis Burkamp. I wish I could fly. <laughs> his, his statue outside the Emirates is so weird. If you look at depending on how you take the picture of it, it almost looks like he's got a stick up his ass. It's, it does. It's so it does. weird. I was taking pictures of it, and I'm like, "Shit, I got to get a different angle. This just doesn't look right." <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not the best in that way. No. Go on, a number. Five. Was that was that number four? Yeah, number five. My, my last one here, Samir Nasri. <laughs> Ooh, is he worse? Oh, yeah, he is worse. He's worse than. Uh, he's worse than uh, Sanchez. Sanchez, at least, put in a great work rate. Um, uh, uh, freak yeah he he pissed me off at the fact that he really only played six good months at the club and then he forced his way out at least Sanchez and even Van Persie put in a better shift I, 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 on, a, on, on that subject I, I was at um, I was at a game and I, I went to get a bus back to my mother-in-law's after the game and while I was on the bus I was chatting to this guy and he was a French guy and um, I think he was French Moroccan as well but uh, neither here nor there and I was chatting to him and he's talking about the game and he actually was a personal friend of Sammy Nasri's and um, 
And it, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, no, no, look here, I've got his numbers in, in, in my phone. And he, he was, he had been speaking to him. And um, I said, so why do you leave then? And he went, <laughs> purely money. He's just interested in the money. He yep. didn't give him monkeys. And I think there is an awful lot of players like that these days now. There are. Listen. We did it in an I, hour. We did it in an hour. <laughs> Ending with the happy birthday again. We'll end with our normal jingle, but I, didn't, I think we should say happy birthday. What are you doing this evening? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll find out what Mrs. has planned. She's got some surprises planned? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Maybe Santi will cook me dinner or something. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have um, uh, purified steak, <laughs> chips, and mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's been one hour. Yeah, bang on the hour. Um, I think we've done well. I've enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be back again next week. We'll try and uh, see if we can get it before the Swansea game. It just depends on our uh, work diaries. But uh, I've been... uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's Fergus from uh, Arsenal Fans Forum saying thanks very much. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Mike? Thank you, everyone. This is Mike from Bangers Coatsip. And as always, thanks for listening. Leave us your feedback, comments, share it, and uh, send us emails. Um, however you want to communicate with us, you know how to get to us. And we will see you next week. Up the arse.